0: Kevin, if you don't mind talking about the podcast, hmm? I want to talk about the the Sea Shanty Band you went to see last night. Yeah, what?
1: I, I went I went to see uh, the Longest Johns uh, perform live in a uh, at the Middle East upstairs in Boston, which is sort of a small, you know, like the second level of rock band. It's like the second, not rock band, <laughs> it's like the oh. second level of of guitar hero, like OG okay. guitar hero, All right. where you've you've made it to a very small club.
0: Guitar Hero is specifically the Aerosmith expansion. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the Sea Shanty expansion. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, the the one that's just four microphones as a peripheral. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would be such a good game. Hold on, sorry.
0: <laughs> I would love because Guitar Hero has been talking about it, like now that they've been rebought, like we got to bring out the fran, you know, the franchise again, <laughs> and that's the way to do it. Sea Shanty slash like uh, a barbershop quartet. Game, Ooh. fucking shit.
1: Do you ever play um, Karaoke Revolution? Yes, <sighs> maybe one time.
0: <laughs> Kayla was immediately yes.
1: Dude, Karaoke Revolution was sick.
2: Well, that one had the one week by Bare Naked Ladies in it, right? Because I memorized every word and could perfect oh that Damn. on Karaoke Revolution. Damn. I was very good.
1: Uh, my my song was um, uh, "Coming Clean" by Hillary Duff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Those are vastly different. Yeah, that choices. was my that was
1: my jam. For
0: <laughs> I I was the during uh, rock band. I was the guy. I was like, well, I guess since no one else is doing the vocals for this Fall Out Boy, this ain't a scene. It's an arms race. I guess I'll do it, <laughs> and then I would know every word.
2: <laughs> if no one will step up for this, I guess I'll have to. I guess
0: I guess I kind of know what Patrick's vocals are. Um, I was
1: gonna say the the dude from Fallout Boy is literally literally there, and Chad shoves him out of the way.
0: <laughs> I guess.
1: Well, if no one else wants to do it, I think I know. This. Uh, I
0: mean, you do it all the time. I'm giving you a break. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, Pete Wentz. You shut up. Why don't you go flash your dick on MySpace again, Pete Wentz? Ooh, Whoa. I have
2: a I have a dramatic Fallout Boy story since Whoa. we're shooting the shit. Nice. Sure.
0: Why don't, let's do Fallout, and then we'll come back to see Shanty. Yes. What's your Did fall out tell, story? Did I
2: tell? Have I told you this, Chad? What's up? If you don't recognize it by me saying a Fallout Boy story, then I haven't told no, you. No,
0: no. But
2: um I used to draw like Fallout Boy fan art in oh! high school. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I would post it on Live Journal. <laughs> and Pete Wentz saw it, and he stole my art and put it on shirts. No. <laughs> and I had to go to a lawyer. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I almost had to sue Fallout Boy in high school, but then they gave me five hundred dollars. And then uh, in college, I saw the shirts at an Fye and got really embarrassed. <laughs> and amazing! And this is the first public telling of that story because I was—I've been embarrassed by it for years. And like, my,
0: amazing!
2: It's not good art. So pl- like, and I've seen it on eBay before, but it's not good art. But Please it's high school
0: art. find it for us, because I—I
2: I haven't been able to find it the past few years. I found it in college, and then that's it.
0: If you have, if you're listening, you have a follow-up boy shirt that you think is in the style of a young Kayla Klein, uh, our guest for today's episode. Please mail us. You might have a collector's item.
2: Yeah, it's like little cartoon boys. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kayla, your art is incredible, uh, and and I, I love your art so much. But when you said made it as a teenager and posted it on LiveJournal, I immediately thought the the how to draw anime boy.
2: No, it's not. It's not anime style. It's not. Like, it was... I, I left the anime style behind in middle school. Okay. Wow. But, <laughs> but this was, like, little cartoon dudes. Because I was really influenced by gorillas art oh, at yes. the time. Yeah. So it was, like, like really cartoony-looking dudes with big ears. So I'm,
0: I'm sure I understand why Pete Wentz, you know, was like, I want that. That's mine. And I'm going to put it on shirts.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, like... Maybe we're just more, like, media literate now, but I can't imagine the thought process of, oh, someone did art of the thing I made. Better make money off of it and steal it.
2: (laughs) I know. It's weird. Because I I remember at the time I was like, what? And then... The lawyer was like, "Oh, well, typically they just give you a little bit of money anyway, so there's probably not much I could do about it." But he got me $500, hey. and I immediately went and blew it all at Hot Topics. So, <laughs> money, money is a circular journey. You know what I mean? Like,
0: you kept it in rotation. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so many bracelets. You're just covered in bracelets.
2: Oh, you know it. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: that's fantastic. I I want to find that so bad. I I was a ride or die Fallout Boy fan, but but kevin also oh yeah you know,
1: well yeah my follow-up point Not as cool is cool as yeah <laughs> my follow-up point which is the longest johns a sea shanty band from bristol england came to boston on their american tour uh last night <laughs> and they uh they were awesome did they begin with santiana you know they began with santiana <laughs> Uh,
0: I don't even know Santiana. Is that neither. Like, is, like, is that like the go-to? Like every sea shanty band does, Santiana. Listen,
1: the the Venn diagram that contains the goosebud the goosebumps and sea shanties, like the the those two fandoms. Everyone in those two fandoms right now is going nuts when I said Santiana. Santiana <laughs> is an incredibly bold opener. <laughs>
0: I keep thinking cool. it's like the sea shanty version of Sublime Santeria. like just the go-to <laughs> that every cover band knows, every reggae ska band knows. And everyone's like, "Yeah, Santoria, Santoria."
1: Yeah, you're not far off. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. They did some Stan Rogers songs. I don't know how up up you are on your Canadian folk. <laughs> you
2: can just be
0: making up names.
2: I know. Yeah, uh, sounds Canadian. <laughs>
1: they're they're just four lovely men. Uh, singing songs it, with, with beautiful harmonies and playing instruments and reminding me of uh, a, a deep longing for the sea that I don't actually have. <laughs> the sea is terrible.
2: <laughs> it's very scary.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, like, Kevin, you and I have been uh, playing Sea of Thieves with our, our you know, co-host Paul <laughs> mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. our friend Josh Hal. and you weren't busting out the sea shanties too much, but you were playing that accordion a
1: lot. I don't have... Um, In the business, uh, I'd say uh, I don't have what they call pitch. Uh, I don't know what (laughs) notes to sing. Um, which I hear is is key for a lot of songs. I do have volume, I just don't have yeah. pitch. So I
2: you have a song in your heart, yeah. You have soul,
1: yeah. I I, I, li- I like to spare people uh, sometimes because they're not ready for uh, my sound on a lot of occasions. It's more avant garde.
0: Okay, all right. <laughs> I was picturing more like the dwarves from the Hobbit, just kind of doing that like low ba- low baritone. <laughs> hum, like, hum mountains deep
2: yeah. and yeah. Mountains deep cold, deep. or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally.
1: I mean, yeah. That That is my absolute jam, <laughs> but uh, I'm uh, not really not really equipped to sing like with people because that's hard, right? Like matching harmonies and, and singing along. I just can't do it. It's too much work.
0: Kevin, I'm going to throw this out here right now. And also, listen, Kayla, you're invited, but I think you might also abstain once you hear what the pitch is. <laughs> Kevin, yes. you and I. Yeah. Are going to start the, a, a, a dwarven barbershop quartet?
1: No.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it sounds like Kayla's in. It sounds like Kayla's no, no. cornerstone. <laughs>
2: I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> we need an
1: alto
0: or a soprano, Kayla. I don't know if you can nail either of those.
2: See, see, I have what's called in the industry the inability to sing. So, you know, I'm good. <laughs>
1: I mean, fine, fine. Chad, you're making a lot of sense because I feel like a barbershop would be a cornerstone of Dwarven society, what with all the beards.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? They're hanging no. down there by the, the the there's like a stone pillar that has the red and white stripes just naturally. <laughs> yep. And yep. they're singing about dungeons. Like, oh there's something there, Kevin. Yeah,
1: there I think there's something there. I'd like I'd I'd like to go on this journey with you, but perhaps not as a member, more of as like an agent or producer. <laughs>
0: Fine, we'll discuss. We'll discuss off, <laughs> off podcast. We should introduce our we should introduce our, our guest. By the way, uh, anyone listening, you have have noticed that uh, Paul has not spoken up. Paul is
1: um, dead. Whoa, well, Paul is in the first death realm, fighting his way back to the land of the living.
0: Paul is fighting back against the undead rat hordes, uh, <laughs> trying to, and past trying to find his way back to us. And and while he's not here to join us for this episode, we are joined by the wonderful Kayla Klein welcome Kayla
2: yeah I'm excited I'm excited that I'm not <laughs> dead I guess <laughs> well, that's
1: what you think to be, that's, that's to, gonna what? be a theme of the book we're about to discuss
2: <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh God. <laughs> uh, Ka- Kayla, uh, I I want to both hype you up, but also why don't you? What what would people know you know you from?
2: That's a good question. I don't know. How would you find me? Uh, I I used to play Dungeons and Dragons professionally for Wizards mm-hmm. of the Coast, mm-hmm. which is very fun. Mm-hmm. Done a lot of tabletop art. I currently co-host the podcast Spooky Scouts, which kind of a spiritual sibling to Goosebuds. I would say mm-hmm. we're we're mm-hmm. you know we get along. Um, yeah. And I also work on the clothing line, We crowing Hens, and I just released a cool comic book with Chad called Wrestling with Demons, which that's is very me. exciting. Yeah. It's very cool. Uh, you should buy it.
1: I backed that comic book and <laughs> It looks awesome. Oh, thanks, Kevin.
2: Thank you.
0: Uh, Kayla also has designed uh, the last uh, couple sets of Goosebuds merchandise. So if you picked up the Wrestler Boys or the Ball Boy shirts, that's, that's Kayla.
2: It's true. I wore the wrestling one yesterday.
1: I, I wore the ball one yesterday.
0: <laughs> I I like wearing them out and just waiting for one day for someone to go. I know who you are, and it is insane that you're wearing a shirt. I just want one <laughs> person to challenge me on it.
1: I can't think of a more intimidating statement to hear from a stranger than "I know who you are."
2: <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have bigger concerns at that point if they approached you like that. <laughs>
1: Like, I know you meant it in a warm, like, I know who you are. Hey, I like your stuff. But I heard it more as a, I know who you are. I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know what you did.
2: You're wearing your own face on your body. (laughs) I know. I'm I'm proud of myself and my friends.
0: What we normally do, if this is about your first episode of Goosebuds, is we you know normally read the works of R. L. Stein, mm-hmm. Goosebumps, Fear Street, Goosebumps two thousand. But sometimes we do an adjacent view into other YA books. Mm. Uh we used to call it Gulastic Book Club. Don't know if we still do that anymore. Uh but we are reading our second ever Animorphs book. Yes. And boy oh boy, is this one a trick.
1: Yeah. We just for a little bit of a history lesson, what was the other Animorphs thing we did? I don't think I was on the podcast when we Oh, did this
0: is before this is the pre Kevin era. Yeah. Uh we read uh Animorphs number one with guest Holly Conrad, friend of <laughs> Kayla and co host of Spooky Scouts, yeah. Very
2: nice. Such an innocent book in comparison.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Which is all of like the setup for that series. And then this is probably we read Megamorphs number three, which is kind of like a one-shot adventure. Yeah. That doesn't have like huge repercussions for the series, but still fits canonically.
1: It's a time travel plot, so literally nothing matters.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's except everything matters. (laughs)
0: But the characters remember, so this all has emotional tolls on them.
1: This, by the way, is uh, the first Animorphs book I've ever read. Oh my god. Oh my god.
2: god. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. To
1: me, this is Animorphs.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, you're not
1: wrong. It
0: is Animorphs. <laughs> okay. This is just like season 12 Animorphs. <laughs> Like, if this is is the uh, supernatural has been going on for 15 years, Uh, it won't get canceled. So at this point, the showrunners and writers are just like, I don't know, maybe there's a magical unicorn that they have to kill. Or maybe they're in Scooby-Doo world. Like, this is that level of what if the Animorphs had to time travel back and kill Hitler?
1: Apparently, both God and the devil are on their side for this particular (laughs) outing.
2: talk about the elemist
0: this has so much lore yeah so uh, kayla you are probably even i'd say do we diehard animorphs fan than i i love animorphs but i feel like you knew the plot of this by memory before we started reading it um it was a bit wonky for me so what why do you lay out what we think we need to know to understand this story without the full here's a two-hour download on animorphs <laughs> and elf Angor.
2: So, and I'm sure the way that I'm going to tell this is absolutely incorrect, but I'm doing my best here. Um, Mm -hmm. But basically, so we know that our our friends and pals, the Animorphs, can morph into (laughs) things, other things, animals, aliens, whatever. Mm -hmm. So as they progress through the story, they encounter Axe, who you met in the book, who's an Andalite, who is one of the species that gave them the power to morph and they find you know the Yerks, who are evil aliens and there's this whole alien battle going on that they get swept up in and it is being controlled as a game pretty much by cryak <laughs> who is space satan and the Elemist, <laughs> who is space god
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah uh, i i feel like it's it's not me to be i feel like it's more space satan versus space jesus
2: yeah space jesus well I would say Space Jesus, because can I give you the primer on the Elemist? Because I, yeah. I briefly explained this yeah. to Chad. So- yeah, so but also,
0: before you get into it, I just want to make sure people are really like, wait, I don't remember any part of this. Maybe if you read Animorphs, you're like, none of this is coming up. This is like, I say, like 30 books in. It is all Yurk versus Andalite, kids caught up in this galactic war between brain parasites mm-hmm. and the good aliens that are horse centaurs with scorpion tails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then kind of out of nowhere... They, one of the, one of the kids has a, has an encounter in their, in the mind space with Cryak, who's just kind of, yeah, is like Thanos God, Satan, Mm -hmm. this whole universe. Sorry. I just wanted to, if your case you're like, I don't remember any of this. That's where Cryak comes from.
2: Yeah. And the Elemist, all of his backstory came, I think, pretty much from the Elemist Chronicles, which came out before the last (laughs) book, but was the Elemist appearing to a dying anamorph and being like, yo, my life. Was pretty crazy. And then you just like tell <laughs> all of <about
0: him. laughs> so. this, this, seri- this is a series that had spin off books that I would read most of them. I don't think I read the Elymas Chronicles, but they'd be like, hey, Hork Bajir, you know those like death, death aliens that the Yerks use? Here's a whole side story about a Hork Bajir on his home planet that fell in love with an Andalite. Like just way far offshoot stuff. Oh, uh, that explains some yes. of the
1: fan art I found.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.
1: I didn't know that was a canon pairing.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's Hork-Bajir Chronicles. I'm pretty sure it's a uh, Andalite and a like got it on.
1: I mean, I just want to say hork great design, like cool really? as hell. Cool. Oh, they're so cool. Yeah, they're
0: like they're like a griff, like walking griffins with just blades all over their their bodies. And I always loved that they were like a peaceful race mm-hmm. that had blades on their arms to strip bark off of trees to eat. Yeah. And the Yurks were like, I'm going to weaponize that. I'm going to get in them brains. I thought it was a really it's nice so perversion sad. of something cool for war. I thought that was a really cool idea. Sorry, Kayla, you're talking about the Elemist. No. Yeah. Yeah.
2: you're fine. I am like in to tell you about the Elemist. okay? like
1: I'm jonesing <laughs> to know anything about the Elemist. Have you like... heard the good word of the Elemist?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand what you're about to get into? So <laughs> the, the Elemist appears basically as like, the Dungeon Master from classic d and d, like a little <laughs> old man, but yeah. <laughs> historically he was just an alien, some kind of like avian race that was semi humanoid from an advanced society who and he was he was literally a hardcore gamer that's what he was <laughs> he played video games. And he really loved Civ Five. He loved this game where he built an alien, alien civilizations and like you, you help them evolve and help them thrive. It was like Sim City, Civ Five, whatever. And he yeah. decided one day that he was going to Twitch stream it <laughs> to the galaxy, and he did. He's he streamed it on Twitch for the oh whole galaxy, and this other race caught the stream, and they were like, "This guy is is violating the Prime Directive." We have to go kill them. And they decimate his whole planet because they thought the video game was real. Because he
1: was too good at video games.
2: Yep. And they killed his whole planet, except for like him and two other people. And they leave the planet.
1: I don't know what the Twitch allegory for killing a whole planet is, but.
2: <laughs> just this, if,
0: this is, if anything, this is an argument against like, you can't have the graphics ever get too good in video games because if they get, if they cross the Uncanny Valley, you know, next thing you know, Dr. Disrespect's going to be fucking streaming. <laughs> And then, yep. you know, the alien race is going to contact us as seeing him. And they're like, we can't deal with anything. And then we lose contact.
2: No. I 100% think that one day we're going to beam a Twitch stream of, like, Logan Paul into space. And the aliens are going to be like, nope. Goodbye. <laughs> nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is why God doesn't hang out with us anymore.
2: <laughs> nope. <laughs> so <laughs> they escape the decimated planet, like the three of them. And they f- they search for a place to live that would suit their biology. And they end up landing on this moon or crashing on this moon. And the moon is actually an alien that has been like (laughs) sucking in things and absorbing their brains. And he's called the father. And so the father kills all of his friends and absorbs their brains. And he's like, he's like all of these minds. So he has all this knowledge and technology and stuff. And he ends up being like, but I need a pal. So he keeps the elements alive and he (laughs) hangs out with them. And then they compete at Rock Band, and the Elemist <laughs> wins. <laughs> you, and so, what do you, you? I know what do you mean? They compete at Rock Band. He won at like some music contest. Yeah,
1: clearly it's a devil went down to Georgia situation. Yeah, <laughs> yes. okay,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, space violin kind of thing. Sure. Yeah.
1: Why was the Elemist the only one that wasn't consumed by the moon?
0: Because he was too much of a hardcore gamer. He was too tough. He got
1: good. Yeah.
2: He got go- he too good. Too I think good. he was, if I remember right, the father was just like, "I'm lonely, and like I can absorb all these brains, but I have no one to talk to." <laughs> oh,
1: okay. <laughs> so by random chance, he just got around to absorbing the Elmas brain last, and was like, eh, "I'd rather have a friend."
2: Yeah, basically, <laughs> and he okay. like lived at the bottom of an ocean slash the alien's body. I don't know. And <laughs> they have the 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 fiddle battle or whatever, some music battle, and he wins. And then he absorbs the alien and becomes omnipotent and also part Whoa. spaceship, I think, maybe. Yeah, I didn't
0: mean, what that meant. Was he just a traveling planet or did he turn into like flight of the navigator ship or just zoom around <laughs> everywhere? I was never completely sure.
2: So from my understanding, the alien that he encounters was like not the moon, but it's it encompassed the whole moon. Kind of sure. like that Prodigy episode. I don't know, like, you know.
1: Hey,
0: Starship Trek Prodigy.
2: <laughs> um, so he <laughs> it, but then he defeated the alien and absorbed him and then like merged with technology or something and became a techno god. And then at one point he fights he <laughs> finds Kryak. And yeah, then yeah. Cryak already exists and is like, huh, and then they start p- playing Civ 5 against each other. Like, Mm -hmm. they're just like, you know, and that sets up that (laughs) whole thing. And at one point Cryak shoves him in or makes him fly into a black hole. And then he merges with all of time and space instead of dying. And so then he becomes an omnipotent time traveling god, like a real god. And now they're still playing the game.
1: This dude just has a sleeve full of the Uno reversal cards at all times.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yep, basically. <laughs> so that's that sets you up for the backstory of like... Because this whole book starts out being like, Cryax says, bloop, bloop, yep. and the Elimist says, no, no. Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. their whole thing. They're <laughs> this, fighting. This, they're yeah, this is
0: all not in the book. This is all war backstory that when I... when So when I started reading this yesterday, even though I had read this before as a, as a young Chad, I messaged you both going, guys, I think we got the wrong book. I think, <laughs> like... I think we got some sort of bootleg or something because this is really fucked and like it's it's written like an Animorse book, but like some of the names are wrong. Rachel is not in here and her she's named Melissa and uh uh hey Cassie has a slave. Yeah. Like they're <laughs> uh like they're and they're and they're talking about the war in uh I'm, I'm South America, country this. South America and call them like uh God, what was Primitives. the term they had for it? Primitives. And I was like, "What the fuck did Ben Shapiro write this? What the hell is going?" On? It was just this weird, <laughs> it, like I thought we were reading like a alt right like fan <laughs> re edit of of Animorphs. Turns out, no, that was in the book. This is just a wrong timeline, and it is catching you off guard the the entire time.
1: I I I mean no disrespect to Animorphs or fanfics when I say this, but. The writing in this book feels fanficy, and I know like Applegate's writing must have influenced like a generation of fanfic writers uh, because there's just sort of this "I can do whatever the fuck I want" kind of confidence in this. Oh yeah, in this book, the in swagger. The, yeah, well,
0: yeah. Not to defend it, but at this point, these kid—I mean, especially the kid, the Animorph
1: kids—at mm.
0: this point, they have killed God. Like they, they, <laughs> they have. They are the end of the RPG, so there's almost a, a a different swagger to them than at the beginning, where they're like, "What? You're an alien? There's brain, there's brain slugs crawling into us. Like, this is a wild place for these teenage kids to be. But especially this alternate history. I I loved it after I realized I was not reading a trick. Mm-hmm. That like, this is <laughs> it's it's written just like oh, you're reading an alternate version of an Animorphs book where. Tobias openly talks about how there's just slaves down on the beach and even they are enjoying the sunshine. (laughs) And you're like, it really throws you off
1: until uh, it was like the drode shows up. Yeah. Imagine my delight, not knowing anything about Animorphs whatsoever, when the drode shows up and everyone hates him. I love the drone. I don't give a shit. The drone is the greatest character because he shows up and everyone went, ugh, the drone. <laughs>
2: He's such a little shit. Like, I I don't know. He. I always like think of him with Q's voice. Like, yeah. in my mind, that's yes. what he sounds like. Yes,
1: yeah. John Delancey is definitely voicing yeah, the drone. I would,
0: it's a very good... You called it Animorphs Q last night. That's a very accurate What? Because he is... He is Cryak's avatar like if and it's not one-to-one but if cryak was galactus mm-hmm. drode is the silver surfer right he is like i work i serve on behalf of cryak <laughs> the evil evil space deity that that hates you guys
1: well i i st- I, I looked up like fan art of the drode because of course i did uh and mm-hmm. i was a little disappointed because from his description i imagined him as a california raisin
2: me too. <laughs> I love the fan art too. No, no, no. I pictured him like more like praying, but like not in the containment. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And then the fan art is like he's a little dino, and he's I was little... like, I don't know, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I just I, I,
0: those are both great. I love him going like I chose a form of something that is more familiar to you nineties kids, and it's just a California reason one. <laughs>
1: Oh shit. Um anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the drone is like, ever wonder why you guys are nazis and he snaps his fingers and everyone remembers and everyone remembers their past lives as not being yeah. nazis and they're like, well then why are we nazis? And it's like it's because this are 3?
2: This are 4. This are
1: 4. This or 4 went back and t- went back in time because he found uh, the Time Matrix, a.k.a. Elfengor's Secret, the title of the, the book, title. guys.
0: <laughs> and Vissers are like alien generals, presidents, based on rank and number. Okay. Like yeah. Vissers 1 controls everything, and then down the line, they get promoted, demoted. I,
1: I wrote down every word I didn't know, and my... <laughs>
2: We got you it's fine
1: so okay that explains what a viscer is uh, i don't know what a z spacecraft is but it's probably not going to come up
0: i th- i wondered if that was the first thing they had ever mentioned because yeah he says like with the with the time matrix you could move through time the way a z spacecraft can move through space i'm like what isn't z space already time that's what i thought yeah. i learned in sci-fi yeah
2: i think they were just making he was just like techno babble and i was like yeah, okay
0: yep yeah <laughs> great <laughs> Well, so this is, this is all I was thrown was like, I don't think any of this had been set up before. I was trying to go through the wiki to trying to remember, but like Visser 4 was never a character in, in the books, right? Like Visser 1 would showed up, and you're like, oh, fuck, that's the president. That's the evil president. Mm-hmm. And then Visser 3 was the book's main antagonist that was kind of like, Someone that's in control, but still has some. He's a little bit of a star scream, right? Yeah. Or he's still trying to work his way up. Mm-hmm. Um, four is Four's history that I think we learned through this book, which I thought was such a wild, it's a different sci fi story. That decades ago, a human actor named, I call him Jar- John Berriman, but John, the guy from it, is, it is. It's
1: John
2: No, Berryman. that's his name. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. I, it's. <laughs> It sounds like a, the actor from Dr. Who. I mean, it's the same name. Um, he he goes walking out into the wilderness of his town and <laughs> happens to just encounter a time machine left by an Andalite, unconnected to any of the events of the Animorphs. Mm-hmm. That, like El- Elfangor, this old, old Animorph, had crash land on this planet. He had the super MacGuffin weapon that both Yurks and Andalites knew would change the course of the war because it's a time machine. You can do anything. Buries it. John Barrowman finds it. Yeah. Does nothing with it. Just kind of has that history.
1: Was he yurked at the time when he found it? Or I don't think
0: he was yurked at the time. And then a yurk. And then at some point, the yurk invasion of. Earth starts to happen. Yurks at this point, like in the book, the have like millions of them people, right? People are just like lined up. Underneath all the McDonald's are big Yurk pools and people are just getting <laughs> slugs yeah. in their brains. <laughs>
2: They're under the McDonald's.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so John Burrowman is just random human slug man. He's an unsuccessful actor. Mm. But for whatever reason, they decide to put Visser 4 in this guy. And Visser 4 is like, yo, this random human's got knowledge of a time machine. Am I wrong, or is that the events of the
1: book? I don't I don't think that's, we don't know. We actually, I don't think we know. <laughs> I don't think that's in the purview yeah. of this book, how John Berryman found the the time machine, the time matrix, guys. It's the time matrix. Time um,
0: matrix. Time matrix. going off slightly off the Wikipedia trying to remember who these people were. So I was like, maybe this was pre-established in another book, but that is its own plot, and then it kind of crashes into the plot of Animorphs of like, oh by the way, this guy, this actor, this aspiring actor who found a Time Machine, he's now possessed by an alien.
1: Chad, he's not an aspiring actor because he's out there acting, okay? So you can remove <laughs> the aspiring. <laughs> you
0: do the work. I'm sorry, I don't mean to disparage the crap.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, John Merriman, you can remove the aspiring from your Twitter page. You're out there doing it, dude. So You are. You you got
0: you probably got like twenty or thirty credits on your MDB. You go, John Merriman. You go. <laughs> You go, and Visor Four is like, oh my god! I just got put in the in the best lucky brain of all time. I don't know why they didn't put me in like a major part of government. You know, make me a senator or anything. Again, but- Cher,
1: I think this is your <laughs> interpretation of of the event. Like they could have done like research or like forensics or or te- tech magic to figure out where the uh, where the time timey wimey oh, okay, device Okay, if, if I'm
0: wrong. Please someone let me know, especially listening to this. I was just going off the Wikipedia page because I was like, who the fuck is going on? Who's Visser Four? I don't remember. I don't
1: think John Berryman had prior knowledge of the Time Matrix. I think the Yerks found the, the Matrix and uh and Visser 4 took the initiative in the Berryman bod.
0: That that listen, that might make more sense. I just thought it was if it's if it's the other one, I thought that was very kind of like not f- not comedic but just kind of like a, it's not even necessarily overly convenient from a plot device because it kind of helps them lead to the end of this book which we should get to because i'm
1: yeah yeah let, <laughs> let's moving forward uh cryak makes the demand that one of the anamorphs must die in this little sojourn through time. <laughs> so we have that yeah. we have that sort of damocles hanging over us and i wrote I wrote down some more words I didn't know, like howlers and escorts yes. but we don't have because in to a get, previous,
0: we don't in have a previous in a previous book, Jake <laughs> fucked up. Cryak had like a, a a race of alien soldiers called the Howlers, mm-hmm. and Jake basically taught them love, okay yeah um and so it ruined these like Berserker class for Kryak. so Kryak hates Jake most of all. Jake is our like our young white boy leader mm-hmm. uh who so like Cryak really hates you, Jake. He he hates your Captain
1: America. All right, what do we think of of our brief time in Nazi slave America? Um, oh my god, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was so like okay. So I, I'm I had the same reaction you did, Chad, where I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I remember it's like came back to me because I had the same reaction as a child reading it because mm-hmm. I was I remember picking up this book and reading it and being like, "What." And and so I kept reading and I knew what was going to happen, but that was, I think that this is the point, like Chad said earlier, this is like season 12 Animorphs. This is the point where K.A. Applegate stopped dancing around her ulterior messaging of war is evil and (laughs) society is a mistake. So (laughs) I think that that's like the takeaway. I was like, this is, this was the form, one of the formative books for me as a child where I was like, whoa, we're messed up. (laughs) The Human race sucks.
0: This is one of the first ones where I had, you know, probably saw read this way before any other sci-fi story did the trip of like Star Trek does this all the time, mirror universes, right? Like uh, Discovery did a whole season of like this is the alternate universe where everyone's bad and they're kind of Nazi-ish. But this one, I I loved that Kay Applegate, like she she made it pretty fucking awful. Like, Jake is a white supremacist who makes everyone call him supreme leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, And these kids, these teenagers are fretting over, like, why are we getting involved in a war? But they're also dealing with a Yurk invasion. And I think Kay Applegate makes it pretty clear in this book that because all of the time travel snafu had already happened that made a, you know, fascist America or whatever even this country is called, it made the planet easier to conquer. Like, Mm -hmm. because there were less, you know, public, like, broadcasting stations and independent news sources, it was much easier for the Yerks to take over, which is a great way to sell kids on anti-fascist thought. Yeah. (laughs) I also just really love that it was written kind of in the voice and tone of there's not a single part to anything in the narration where those characters know they're bad. Do you know what I mean? Like... Hmm. It's not, like, hand-wringing evil. They are talking very seriously, and the narration is talking very seriously about, like, this is the way of the world, and this is the drama enhanced in it. Like, there's a part in that opening chapter where the drama of this fake book is Cassie is, I think, anti-war, but not about just, like, a human war. And they're considering, like, do we need to report Cassie to the to the government?
1: I, I think it's a little fatalistic in that they're like, yeah, the only thing keeping these kids from not being Nazis is like um, current American society. Like, that's true. That's were, very true. <laughs> in, in Nazi Germany, there were people who opposed the Nazis. Everyone was not immediately Nazi by default because of their environment. <laughs> Just like there are people in Russia right now who oppose Putin. Like, there are people with independent thoughts, uh, and not everything is down to what your government is like. So I kind of found this... Well, I'm I'm criticizing a a book meant for middle schoolers to show the horrors of war, which, like... (laughs) I, I I guess I I guess I should be praising it because it is like a little makes you think if you'd grown up different like who you would have been and I'm and I'm reading that and I'm like well hopefully I wouldn't be a fucking Nazi <laughs> <laughs>
0: maybe 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 the, I think that's
1: really a really valid
0: point Kevin maybe maybe the part that hits with me the most was. It was really about the perspective of what these kids think the world is as teenagers growing up in this alternate society. Yeah. There is like still dissension among some of them. Like Cassie has, I guess, a slightly view different view of the war. Um, but they are already kind of in this like narrow minded view of everything. And Yeah, I I it's cra it's wild that Kay even put this all out. She Cassie just has a slate. Yep,
1: that's the choice. Applicate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> times in this book where i was like this would not be written in 2022 the way that it is written but i think it would, i don't know it does make you think and like i feel like that that message of nature versus nurture is hit mm. home at the end which we'll get to but i i sure. think that the whole thing the messaging was very interesting and i it took mm. me back to reading it as a kid and i think This book gave me a similar perspective on the world at a young age as His Dark Materials did, which is the one where they really kill God. So, like, you know, interesting, heavy stuff in this. Unexpected.
1: I I feel like I love His Dark Materials so much. It's one of my favorite book series of all time. Same. I I feel like it's kind of pulled between, uh, like, this Animorphs style, like, I can do anything, like... I, you know, I'm going to tell, like, the story I want to tell. I have this laser focus on what my message is. And sort of the Lord of of the Rings more, like, dirtily, like, here's the rules of the world and the lore sort of storytelling. I felt like His Dark Materials was always a good... uh, Mm. Mm. And this won't be the last time I bring up Lord of the Rings on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Reset the clock. Everyone hopes that it's the last time I bring up Lord of the Rings. No. (laughs) No, Never.
0: I think Goosebud's <laughs> listeners Adjacently are, are big Big Tolkien fans um, Good,
1: because I'm going to quote Faramir later on in this uh, <laughs> I've got the quote prepared And everything
0: <laughs> I, You know, you probably you probably were setting this up Kevin or Kayla earlier And I wanted to diatribe about uh, John Berriman's actor backstory <laughs> But basically what, It does pay off in a really great way At the start of this, where Droad is like, hey, what's up, y'all? Y'all hate me. I'm I'm um, I, I talk like Stinko, the uh, <laughs> drone.
1: There he is. Yeah. F- favorite there Stinko's is. back, everybody. <laughs> Reset the Stinko counter.
0: <laughs> Reset the Stinko. And and, and I kinda it, as much as this is like a very much like one-off adventure, I liked the reasoning of we are going to we are I'm working on behalf of Kryak, but we want you to stop. This time matrix because and the kids pointed together like this fucks up both cryak and the Elamis games. Like time matrix is too strong mm-hmm. for even these interdimensional deities. Yeah. uh So you you are almost like G Manning Half Life these kids into becoming agents of this this fight. You need to find Visser Four who is time jumping across the galaxy in time and and just stop this whole thing. Well, just
1: Earth, end. not really across the galaxy. <laughs> Just, no, you're true. Just her. Sorry, just her.
0: The only thing the only place that matters, the only planet. Yeah,
1: the only planet that ever mattered, Earth. And we <laughs> we begin uh in the historical European martial arts dimension where we get two phrases pretty much back to back, which are wet girls from the future and tangled, horrific mass of mismatched body parts. That's- yeah. <laughs> That is the world we find ourselves in in um I forget what year I didn't write it down, but it's the Henry yeah. V War or whatever. Well, it's Agincourt. Right.
0: Is the reason I, I I maybe I misread this. Is the reason Visser Four, who gets a time machine, goes back to this time yeah. purely because the actor that he is inhibiting yeah. won't stop mind quoting Henry V.
1: Yes. 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 He's trying to <laughs> He's trying to kill Shakespeare, but he can't pin down where Shakespeare would be at a specific he did, point. Because the time. bar didn't exist.
2: Because he
1: didn't exist. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> 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 but but we kind of know that it wouldn't matter if he unless unless it's like only the kids' minds that are like temporally shielded. Uh, like it like wouldn't wouldn't Barryman like. Just remember it anyway, because he's also I don't know like, <laughs> oh, I don't, yeah, right. oh yeah that's a good point
2: you're right because right, they say that like they're te- like you said all everyone involved is temporally shielded from yeah. being messed up from it so so John <laughs> Berryman would have been as well,
0: yeah. I guess it's really a threat, if anything. Like, if you don't stop fucking quoting yeah. <laughs> like, Henry V, I'm going to kill Henry V. I'm going to shoot him right in front of me. I'm going to make you watch me kill Henry V, and then you...
1: <laughs> I think, like, maybe this is sort of explained by the constant Henry V quoting is making this yerk insane like yeah it's like i don't know what you're talking i don't like magic the gathering stop telling me that converted mana cost is now mana value i don't care so
0: this is this is a Yurk inhabits kevin's mind god the nightmare kevin i would hate for that to happen to you oh yeah baby a a yurk with a time machine and they're like mostly the time is like the yurk can hear the human fighting back and it's a lot much, much a you know a control thing yeah but like they're in your brain yes and you won't stop talking about Lord of the Rings yeah. to the Yurk in your head. yeah.
1: Well, and this Yurk's
0: like, I'm gonna go back and fucking kill Tolkien just to piss you off, I, body.
1: Here's the thing. I actually don't know it's annoying or, or don't care it's annoying when I talk about uh, Lord of the Rings because I love it that much. I do know it's annoying when I talk about Magic the Gathering and I am ashamed <laughs> when I do that so, because I do think it turns literally everyone off when I do that. <laughs> I'm gonna go
0: back and burn down Wizards of the Coast before it ever <laughs> yeah, gets started.
1: Yeah. Uh they're gonna kill Richard Garfield. No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. I hate I hate Valve's art, artifact game so bad. <laughs> I'm gonna kill Richard Garfield. Um, I I just loved that this was not like Vissers are always written as like very power mad, right? And like they they crave being Visser one and promoted like. But their number one priority wasn't change the war effort. It was, I hate this fucking human play that my host keeps talking about. And I'm going to set things right first. I yeah. loved that. I loved
1: it so much. Like, dude, this are three, you can leave, right? You can just walk <laughs> out. Like, if this is annoying. Slide like, on
2: out. <laughs> you can
1: leave anytime you want, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's a part in this, uh, in, in, in the, in the medieval times, uh, saga, where a a character is located because they Mm -hmm. smell of salsa,
2: which... Oh my gosh, yeah, because they were like, (laughs) have you eaten Taco Bell?
1: Yeah. Which, always love to see a brand drop in a kid's book. Always very special to see that. But also, Taco Bell exists in Nazi future times
0: yes oh yes. that's a
2: good point
0: uh i mean as as established in demolition man another sci-fi story taco bell won the franchise wars and is the only fast food around so i would argue that in sci-fi taco bell the the fourth meal conquers all at I, all time lengths.
1: i don't think i don't think the nazis would permit anything that spicy
2: <laughs> i don't know that's a comfort I guess if, if if the past ever gets altered and we end up in like a fascist America or whatever it is, we will still have Taco Bell. We'll still have that Baja Blast. Oh, for, yeah. oh my
1: god! The only bomb, <laughs> the only bomb against fascism is Baja Blast.
2: Oh no! I've just
1: described our current time.
2: Oh god.
0: Maybe they keep the Taco Bell open as a way to like mark potential um <laughs> errant thinkers. Yeah. Yeah, dissidents. Like, oh we saw we we spotted you shopping at the Taco Bell. That's only a way to trap liberals. Like that kind of
1: <laughs> Just the floor opens up and you fall into the yerk pit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. I love this actually. I, I love this
0: fucking book series. Oh man, I missed Animorphs. Um
1: this is definitely much more fun to talk about than some of the ickier parts of this were to read. <laughs> I did have fun. I, I, yeah. I did like this thing. It's just there was a lot of body horror. And oh my gosh, injury. and lots of
2: murder. Like, yeah. like re- I don't remember it being as graphic as it is, but I wonder if yeah. my parents would have let me read it if they knew it was like, Hit- we gotta kill Hitler. Also, everyone's <laughs> head's exploding from bullets through their brains. And I yeah, yeah. Like,
0: I mean, Jake. Jake... <laughs> jake main character jake gets shot in the back of the head jfk style oh shit
1: are we we're, we're skipping so many things to get there
0: well we're just referencing <laughs> yeah it. Jet, like jake just gets fucking shot and he is dead for the rest of the book and and rachel who is our berserk rachel's the best character she's like yes. our our wolverine she's the she's the pretty blonde but also she's like the most down to just murder people when she needs to is like axe our andelite friend who is like a good innocent boy who also has a blade for a tail she's like axe kill all of the soldiers and axe is like they 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 did nothing wrong they were just fighting protecting their axe and she's like commit a war crime (laughs) axe
2: do it axe
1: so melissa is the killer who cries that's the
2: cassie
1: cassie is who the hell is melissa
0: Melissa's in the beginning as this like weird alternate, the way to show you an alternate history and why I thought we were reading a fake book at the beginning was, is like in an alternate timeline, I think they referenced it, Rachel is not there, she's in some sort of like school for like, right, she's being reprogrammed, she's being reprogrammed, reprogrammed. so Melissa is now part of the Animorphs, a girl that I don't think we had ever met before, so she was like a background character,
1: got it. Sorry, that was confusing.
0: As soon as 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 Drode shows up, he's like, snaps fingers, Melissa's gone, Rachel's back.
2: Let's get rid of this chick, like, Uh, bye.
1: I miss Drode. I wish the Drode was around.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He should have
0: come with him the whole time with this little, like, Yoda on Luke's back. Just kind of like, yo, that's fucked up. He
2: just killed that guy. (laughs) Oh my god. That would be amazing.
1: Um, right, so they find out that they can identify Berryman's Face because he's the only one who isn't fucking gross and pockmarked and oh with, sorry with no teeth. they they
2: use the term skanky I loved it. yeah they say he's not skanky
1: <laughs> He ain't skanky
0: <laughs> but they're like because this man time traveled from an era where we have medicine and soap
1: yeah
2: and dentists
0: and dentists and scabies isn't infesting everyone yeah we can point it we can we can point him out amongst the hordes of unwashed masses of England like I I. <laughs> I loved that idea.
1: There's like a a stretch of a chapter where Marco says boys like 15 times. Like Mm -hmm. he's just identifying like the king and his boys and he's like, look among his boys. And then, oh, there's some archer boys over there. That's my boy. (laughs) Marco just like goes boy crazy for a That's Marco.
2: (laughs) He's the cool one. He uses the cool language. I don't know. So he sounds like super neat and cool.
1: I loved it. Um. I wrote down screaming horses. I forget when that when that happens, but <laughs> there's a part where all the horses start screaming because of... I think war is bad. I think we're entering into another portion. Yeah, horses can tell.
2: Horses can tell. And isn't that after uh, one of them turns into a horc bajir and is just like, I'm Satan yeah. on a horse. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so much fucking happens. Like, one of them breaks a wing as a bird and then plumps to the ground and then is saved by another bird who's then fucked up by, like, a spear or some shit. And then a horse comes out and saves the two birds. And then the horse is stabbed, like, right in the fucking gut. And I didn't know at this point that if you morph, you heal. Like... Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So you thought those guys were all dead. You are like, these kids are down. I was like, this is a tremendous amount of, like, body damage. I I, I didn't realize that morphing was also a way to heal yourself. So... Yes. I, yeah. It's still kind uh, of
2: fucked up, though, because they still, like, they get so damaged that they almost die. So they have to experience this, like, massive pain. And then they're like, okay, I'm okay again. Yeah. I get to keep going.
0: <laughs> I, I have, like, I probably brought this up when we talked about Animorphs 1 back on the podcast. But, like... That my most vivid recurring detail, and maybe this is my super strengthos kind of thing, where I thought it was constant through the books and only happened once, um, where like it's always described during a battle, especially like Rachel and Marco would always get super fucked up because they had the most like battle forms. Marco would go like gorilla, mm-hmm. and then Rachel would go elephant or bear. Mm-hmm. I feel like bear was her default, mm-hmm. and like in the middle of the battle, there would be just a narration of like one of the other characters going like Rachel was in the corner. Her, her her bare guts were spilling out of her belly and she was struggling to hold them in with her paws so she could demorph and heal. And I'm like, that's fucking vivid. Just yeah. like, it, and that was just a constant kind of like shorthand for these animals are, if this was on TV, you would not be able to watch this.
1: We're bad.
0: We're bad. We're
2: as bad. Do you ever just like while you were, well, I had the physical book, but I assume the cover was on the PDF. But like throughout reading this book, I would flip it to the cover and be like, "These are like twelve-year-old children." Because I was yeah. <laughs> get. yeah, dude.
1: I was kind of weirded out by that, like seeing the cover and how young everyone is. I'm like, I guess those are the actors from the show, or were they? Or
0: no, those was just models that they had for. They never got any of those kids for the live action TV shows. They're too to, to
1: save the world. They should be like playing Pokemon cards or something.
2: That's the point. <laughs> it's awful. War is terrible. These children have PTSD. Then, like ah. we
0: haven't we we haven't talked about on the podcast what Kayla said us right before we started, which was the inside book cover <laughs> is I want this like framed and printed and hung up on my wall. That is just the default thing of like the animores in their animal forms: Marco, Gorilla, Jake, Lion, Cassie, Wolf, Axe, just being an and an Andalite with his big old stalk eyes. Tobias mid flight. Rachel Elephant, all posing like a school photo. Yep. Yeah. Well, and then just background <laughs> behind them. Yes, Kevin. Yeah. With
1: a fucking Zeppelin behind them.
2: <laughs> and then an explosion. explosions. Explosions,
0: <laughs> warplanes. There's guys in tanks behind it, but it's like they're unaware
2: of oh my the garbage behind them. <laughs> I didn't see the tanks. They're like behind his axe's shoulder. There's like tanks and like pe- army military behind him.
0: Yeah, it's like a Faces of War photograph where, like, just make this instead. Just soldiers standing over a pile of dead bodies, but it's our friend the Animorphs. Yeah, like, and it's,
1: it's like some of these are just, like, cutouts from zoo books or something. Yes, it's, yes. It's very, uh, collage And the gorilla has, like, the most, I don't know, kind of face on, like... <laughs> I <like>,
0: do <"Hey." laughs> they gave the gorilla...
1: War is hell. <laughs> like, that gorilla needs a cigarette or something. And I'm pissed we- <laughs> I'm pissed that I read an Animorphs book and there wasn't a tiger or a kitty cat or anything for for my for my cat boy self in this book. Just birds.
0: Oh, and- I'm sorry. Um, yeah, usually yeah, usually Jake goes lion form. I feel like
2: yeah, he but he got killed. So <laughs> really? okay,
0: okay, he got he shot in the back order. of the head trying to trying to save George Washington crossing the
1: Delaware. Yeah,
2: because he does tiger. He does tiger. Rachel has lion. So she, one of them usually does one or the other. I think.
1: Yeah. And again, you have to physically touch a animal in order to morph into yes. it, right? Yeah. So you just went- you
0: can't just go. You can't just wonder twins where you just say a thing. You have to have, like f- touch that animal. So the fun of a lot of these was like, oh, they have to you know go to the zoo to like research which animal they need to infiltrate, or in like the previous time travel book, they encounter dinosaurs, so they get dinosaur forms. Like,
1: and you can't. You can't copy someone's homework, right? So, like, once someone has a morph, you can't touch them in their morph state and take the morph.
0: Oh, my God. Wait, so, like, you're saying you transform into a wolf. I touch you as a wolf. I don't get your wolf, I don't think. I
1: don't don't think that's how it works because everyone has their own specific forms. Otherwise, the meta would be horde of elephants all the time. Kayla's
0: about to push up her glasses and say, I actually
2: did. Well, actually, um, so I... I actually refresh myself on how morphing works before this, because I don't know if either of you knows.
1: I don't. But it's like,
2: it's ridiculous. So basically, you touch the animal, and you can't touch someone else in animal form and do it, because the way it works is like, you touch the animal, and then you like, scan their DNA, and then there's at the it gets stored in a cell in your body and cryogenically frozen within that cell. And cool. then concentrating to morph is to pull that DNA out of that cell in your body okay. and make it your primary DNA. And then your DNA <laughs> gets stored in another cell. And they say, I think they call it like cryogenically freezing DNA within cells of your body on the molecular level. Anyways, it's weird, but I don't think you could touch someone else and do that because you got to scan that and then store it. It's like stored yeah. within you.
1: Okay. It's in the cloud. It would be yeah. it would be a Xerox of a Xerox if you did it.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I'm
0: trying to think if they ever did a story later on where, for whatever reason, one of them needed to animorph into another human. Like, Yes, they've done that. <laughs> they must have done it at some point. Like, Jake becomes Cassie or something.
2: Yeah, they do that because they, I think they have adult morphs they use towards the end when they're, like, right. infiltrating the military. So right. they can turn into other humans, but it's kind of, fucked up. So. Okay, this
1: leads to my second question, which is when you morph, are you an exact copy of the animal you touched or do you get a little bit of creative license on that?
2: <laughs> it's exact copy.
1: It's exact, exact copy. copy, so yeah. yeah. So could you touch like one gorilla that's like kind of buff, uh kind of like kind of like a big old like tanky gorilla and then like a slightly smaller gorilla for like I don't know, cocktail parties or something. <laughs>
0: You just got different ones back. I bet you could. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Theoretically, there could have been an Animorph who's just like, I because they're always like, you know, they have diverse, different, you know, skill sets. Yeah. I would love to have like Marco had just been like, I'm only getting gorillas. And they're like, Marco, <laughs> please get, please get any other animal. Like we're going underwater. He's like, no, I'm getting a smaller gorilla that can swim. And they're like, oh God. <laughs> Activating gorilla, gorilla kappa. And he's like, <laughs> he just only ever turns into monkey form. <laughs> it's like a Pokemon trainer that only has one type. He's just like, only yep. this. <laughs> it's
1: like, quick, I'll churn out of gorilla form, go back to my regular form, then back into gorilla form. But a different gorilla.
2: <laughs> or just different different cats. You could just uh, be every kind of cat,
1: right? Yeah. And it, that's great because you you're already going to pet every cat you see. So it's like,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd be
0: petting all my friends' cats and dogs going... Don't uh, secretly. I'm I'm gonna become this dog. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and then they're like, you need a battle form, and you're just like, no, <laughs> I'm collecting cats and only cats. That is
0: that is one of the rules is you can't just like shift from form B to form C. You have to always go back to your core form. Yeah, you couldn't go from like wolf into tiger. You have to be like wolf back to human, then to tiger.
2: Well, or- and I forgot that it takes so long. Yeah, me I guess, too. It's like a couple minutes. I looked it up because there's people. I can't think of the term um but cassie's one of them that can morph really fast or like in a not gross way and mm. oh, they yeah. have a term for it on the andalite home world but in general it takes like up to two minutes or something i think is what it is which is a really long time and that's disgusting
1: yeah um axe does like a really long morph sequence in in medieval times where like He's out in the open, he's in front of a door, and he's like, well, guess I'll morph from bird back to Andalite form as quickly as possible. And then all these peasants show up and they're like, hey, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> 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 and they try to stab him, but the, the hork, Hork-Bajir man, was that Toby in the Hork-Bajir? I believe that was Tobias, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, Tobias had a hork form at some point. At some point, Tobias breaks his his curse and can... Morph.
1: And I know I'm just referencing uh uh, uh your 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 little uh Hammerman from the Troll Hunters. Oh,
0: Toby! Yeah. <laughs> oh, little hammer man. Little no, little they hammer never man. call it. They never call him Toby. Okay, uh, I think he's always Tobias, and he is also, you know, Tobias is hot because he he and Rachel want to be together, but like like Ladybird, they can't always be together for long.
2: You say that, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm staring at him on the cover, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> like,
1: I mean, they can absolutely be together. She just has to turn into bird form. Like, that's not hard.
2: Aww. Well, they can,
0: yeah, they they can either be together for bird form, but she can only be a bird for two hours, or he could turn into it. I think he somehow gets his human form back through like time travel, wondrous. Yes. But it's for two hours. You got two hours to to kiss and stuff, and then you gotta go back. I
1: mean, she can be in bird form for more than two hours, and then just turn perma bird like T- Tobias did, right?
0: You want her to become a bird forever?
1: He hates that, Kevin. For love, dude.
2: Yeah, for love. Are you committed to this relationship or not?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's like, there's a path for you there, Rachel. I don't think you want it bad enough. I know you're like 12 or something, but come on. (laughs) I would
0: probably argue if I was any of their, their dads, like... Hey, right now this is the love of your life. When you get to college, you're gonna love a different boy. So maybe don't permanently turn yourself into a bird. Yeah, you're only
1: it's it only gets harder to turn yourself into a bird for the person you love. So you better get young. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Viscer Four is time traveling all over the place. He went to the Delaware. Yeah,
1: fife and drum music comes in, and we're we're in the American Revolutionary War. Um, where we we like fanboy over George Washington for some fucking reason? Was that reason?
2: not super weird? They're that like, was it's, intensely weird. It's the weird. man. It's was the he man. not the
0: father of our country guys?
2: National
1: okay, but- <laughs> daddy. They say national daddy. I know they don't, I know Abligate doesn't mean it <laughs> the way we mean daddy. Step on my neck, national daddy. Daddy. <laughs> national daddy, George Washington is here. <laughs>
2: because i i legitimately as a child do not remember being so gung ho about our founding fathers or whatever. He's just like that's the man, George Washington right there. I stole his boots and I was like <laughs> oh, <fuck." laughs>
1: and and that this is where i get a little frustrated because i was really hoping for a subversion of this but like the the way visitor 4 is changing history is uh, by assassinating all the great men of history is essentially yeah. his plan is that uh, history hinges on a few load-bearing important people who certainly weren't in the right place at the right time or just lucky and there, <laughs> there are no understudies or other people with similar thoughts and abilities. Uh, nope. It was all hinged upon one guy being himself <laughs> in in a specific time. That's history, baby. <laughs> There's no Borge Washington before George Washington and there's was if
0: this if this book had if this book had come out like 15 years later, even though other things would be different. It would definitely have been like I'm going to go kill Alexander Hamilton. <gasps> it,
1: it just it just seems so weird to me how you can be like this anti-war and anti-fascism but still be like, "Hey, George Washington, known slaveholder and weirdo. Uh, you're the you're the lynchpin, dude. Thanks for thanks for being thanks for being alive you're the best here's here you are in my kids book
0: (laughs) i i think this is all that's all super i agree with like i don't disagree with anything you're saying kevin i wonder how much of it because i'm you know an Applegate apologist now apparently is like how much like the beginning of this book is well that's what the kids these teens who have choked down americana 90s like where nothing's going wrong Mm. trickle down economics are working like yeah these versions of well of course we love george washington and that's their top priority i i
1: yeah and it's it's noted that they these kids don't know history too good um and i find that very funny but also i think it's very important like these kids are flawed characters so yes it it tracks that they'd be like george washington he's on the one dollar bill i guess you could have axe jump in there and be like I don't understand what's so great about this man with gross teeth <laughs> that aren't his in his mouth.
0: Meanwhile, Axe is like, Are you telling me that cinnamon buns have not been invented? Yet? <laughs> oh,
2: <poor> like- <laughs> well, too, and I think like it's kind of, I, I feel like the historical events other than the Agincourt one were big, well known events. So when the yurk went into this guy's brain, this mm. may have been the only knowledge he had of like, these are uh. events that would be significant and would cause John Berriman did
0: not pay attention in school. And so, so Visor 4 is like, all right, what, what were the big ones? And then John Berriman's head is like, uh, <laughs> the Declaration of Independence.
1: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Because the only reason he'd know where like the Washington would be is because it's crossing the Delaware river, obviously somewhere close to Delaware.
0: I would love if this whole thing had been continually used reveal. Like they think, viscer four is just trying to like you said kevin take down the pillars of of earth yeah and and then at the end after they defeat him you're like no he just was killing everyone i ever played on stage like i played washington uh and i played albert einstein and like he just really hated my acting career and really wanted to make me suffer
1: yeah a hessian jumps out in 360 no scopes jake Really fast and kind of merciful death compared to what happens later on in this book.
2: Fair <laughs> true, yeah, it was instant. Yeah,
1: uh, which I guess throws the group into chaos because their leader is is dead, and it allows for some good tension and whatever. But it is kind of abrupt how Jake is a person and then he's a corpse overboard. Um, I, yeah. I don't know who the dolphin is at this point because it's. It's Cassie. Cassie, I believe. Yeah, yeah. but she's like. This is, she takes like 3,000 psychic damage and is like, I'm just gonna be a dolphin for a a few chapters if that's cool.
0: Yeah, Yeah. because the love of her life just got shot.
1: Oh, I didn't know they were a thing.
2: Yeah, they were a thing. And that's a struggle that I think the dolphin was the first morph in the books where they really struggled with the, the, because when you morph into an animal, there's always its habits and mm-hmm. its brain to fight with, like similar to Yurks and being in people. Mm-hmm. So the dolphin, I think, was the first one where they had to be like, "We have to demorph, right. even though we're so happy and everything's great because we're a dolphin." So that was pretty int- a good callback because she was just like, "I'm just gonna stay a dolphin and be happy."
0: She's gonna she's going to take anamorph drugs to suppress her her sorrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's a really there's a really scary one where they have to become like ants for some reason to infiltrate and then like the way ants are basically drones like they're they're all one by one getting kind of like taken over and forgetting who they are damn know? yeah
1: this book's heavy yeah Yeah. like i watched evangelion when i was 13 but i feel like <laughs> this would have messed me up more <laughs> there's a lot of overlap yeah <laughs> yeah um now we're in trafalgar uh, which i guess i don't really know the history behind this one but it's a boat battle and we get a gorilla on a boat and a monkey being ripped in half or a chimpanzee being ripped in half by a cannonball
2: that was (laughs) yeah because they were it was rachel that was the chimpanzee right and they just like blow her head off and i was like okay She like
1: (laughs) we like get a we get a portion where she's like yeah i saw half my body clinging to clinging to the ropes and i was like that's weird and then i realized i had been blown in half by a cannonball as a as a chimpanzee yeah this book's cool this book is
2: (laughs) (laughs) pretty cool but that was the part where we found out that nobody could die but jake because rachel does get blown in half and she goes back
1: yeah and also i have a question because they bring up something like um I, i think it's rachel uh who dies but it's also rachel who appears on the boat in a leotard and they say something about morphing clothes. Can someone explain this to me?
0: Oh my God. I forgot about morphing clothes. Yes, Kayla, please.
2: So they basically wear, they find, they, through practice, gain the ability to morph like a little bit of clothing with them at any given time. Otherwise it's, it's really hard to do or impossible. So they pretty much just morph with bathing suits. So they'll okay, keep the bathing yeah. suit. So that way when they demorph, they're not naked because it's too hard to do like a full set of clothes.
0: I forgot there was a bunch of them like running around naked in the first couple books, just hiding behind rock walls as they as they wait for their shields to reload.
2: Yeah. So that was like basically she's in a little bathing suit. So all the old creepy men on the boat are like, oh, <laughs> like that's
1: that was a very weird part of the book. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we need to stay here too long. There is, I I, I really want Visitor Four to get punched by a gorilla at this point, but the book just won't give it to me.
2: Oh, that was awful! It was like <laughs> yeah. he swings back to punch him.
0: Yeah, Visor Four keeps escaping stage left and <laughs> yes. time time jumping again. And I think you you'd said before, Kayla, like the the big revelation. Yeah, is when Rachel comes back. Axe Axe theorizes because like Cryac, who <laughs> had said like one of you must die. That now means that only one of you can die, which yeah. is like, sure, that's that's a lot to go off of. That's very nice of Cryak to, to give
2: that. Well, because the Elemist would be like, you can't you can't take more. The Elemist would go so the Elemist is probably responsible for keeping them alive because they, they're playing a game. So they're trying to set up rules for each other and, and make yeah. sure they follow them and not interfere too much.
0: Yeah, But at this point, our characters are still operating under grieving of Jake is dead.
1: Yeah. And then uh, we go to alt-history 1934, where Princeton is in not America because America doesn't exist. Einstein is still in Germany because uh, uh, Visser Four is coming there to assassinate Einstein. And because he's changed so much in the past, Einstein is no longer in the place he should be. Uh, I like that. I like that. It's, it, liked that. it's yeah. remarkable that Einstein is even born with all of like the big sh- shifts in who lives and who dies. Uh <laughs> who tells your story. Who tells your story? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um we get some we get some uh racism. We get some nineteen thirty-four racism for uh Oh
2: yeah, for, they changed the past, but everyone's still racist. So yeah.
0: But I liked the fuck yeah moment of, you know, maybe it's not worth having the racism in there, but I believe it'd be there is, you know, they call Cassie like someone sees Cassie our our only Mm -hmm. African-American member of the team uh, runaway slave. And then Cassie says something like, well, it'd be better if I turned white and she turns into a big old polar bear.
2: Yep. Yeah. And she like screams in the guy's face. Yep, It was pretty good
0: she should have killed him I'll be honest she should have just bitten his head
1: off yeah it doesn't yeah. matter it's time travel who gives a shit just chomp a racist <laughs> well,
2: they, they, I think
0: there's at this point I think they're still operating over like when we're done with this this all still happens now like, I don't think they're like yeah they're kind of they're like, oh fuck well I guess we'll deal with that later like I guess <laughs> we'll deal with yeah
1: also Axe kills a bunch of Hessians and he's like I feel grimdark about this
2: oh he was sad he's such an innocent boy he like struggles the whole book I felt so bad for him
1: yeah. he's like what does it mean to kill another he's like he's-, he's-, he's like fucking shadow the hedgehog for a few chapters <laughs> <laughs> give Axe a gun oh man um, he's <laughs> like those poor those poor Hessian mercenaries that I killed for killing my friend <laughs>
0: I loved when Rachel, like Rachel manipulated him. He's like, yeah, Jake was your prince, right? You call him your prince because yeah. of an Andalite custom thing. Mm. Fuck, kill. Why Kill all of
1: them. Why does he call Jake his prince?
0: Uh, I think there's a kind of like an a alien medieval like lineage thing. And because Jake either saved him or is the leader of the group, right? Axe looks up to Jake that way. Yeah, remember better than that's,
2: that's kind of what I remember. It's just kind of like an Andalite, like he said, an Andalite custom. So since Jake is the leader. Uh, he just it'd be respects
0: like I'm calling
2: him them Jake, se- Jake Senpai. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jake-senpai.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's isn't Axe like way older than these kids? Uh he's I, young. My, okay. He's like he's like a he's like a teen equivalent, I think. Got he's it.
2: technically Tobias' uncle. That's yeah, what i Yeah, I
0: forgot it, about yeah. that fucking shit when they dropped that, but like
1: <sighs> Okay. Yeah. Um I, I I only have thousands of questions
2: left. <laughs> is like I I remember going to read read this and you're like Elfangor's secret. Wow, that will be fun to learn. And then and you're just you already know at this point in the series that Elfangor is Tobias's father. But yeah, like
1: that doesn't come into play at all in this book.
2: Yeah, I'm like you think we would dive into that a little bit as his secret?
0: <laughs> because Al Fangor, a royal Andalite, had fled the war. This is not in this book. Had fled the war between the Yurks. Went to Earth. Decided to take the permanent form of a human. Fell in love with a human woman, Alad, uh, an ego, and Guardians of the Galaxy two. Mm-hmm. And then had a kid that happened to be Tobias, who is a kid who gets pulled into the secret war against the Yurks.
2: Oh, and you have to you have to specify that his human name was like Al Fangor. <laughs>
0: Al, Al, yeah, A L, uh,
2: (laughs) last name Fangor. Fangor. And like, he, I also believe, if I'm remembering right, he uses the time matrix (laughs) to be sent back in time to start it all over. And that's how he ended up also coming back and giving them the morphing powers. I think it has something to do with time travel.
1: Also, Elfinger, messy bitch that he is, just buries the the timey wimey <laughs> device in dirt. Like he, he gives it a shallow grave. He just covers it yeah. in dirt and walks away. <laughs> it's like, eh, good enough for the greatest weapon ever devised.
0: Norm, <laughs> Norm MacDonald bit about shallow graves. He digs a he should have dug a much twelve a twelve foot grave at most. <laughs>
1: There, there's brief musings about whether or not killing Albert Einstein would have been a good idea because nukes are bad, but we don't oh, have man. time to really explore that thought. App- Applegate, we're going we're going to move go for, on. Go
0: for Oppenheimer instead, <laughs> right? Like,
1: yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, D Day, everybody. After some after some fucking around, jumping through some <laughs> random timelines and feeling bad about ourselves. And we're also skipping over so much body horror and like and pain so and and uh trauma in this. Like it sh- r- listeners, should you choose to read this, just be warned. There is so much messed up shit that happens to these twelve year olds. Yeah. Eli
0: <laughs> E Eli Roth just going fucking nuts on this. <laughs>
1: And uh, now we're in D-Day, where we stay for a very long time as the mm-hmm. an- as mm-hmm. the animorphs smell with like perfect like wolf senses. Everyone shitting their pants and dying.
2: <laughs>
1: War is hell. One of them literally says, "I'll the smell, the memory of the smell of D-Day will haunt me for the rest of my life." Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: He, was, yeah. that when, was that when Marco turned into a fly and he could yeah. like taste everything? And he's just yeah. like,
0: eh. "I'm eating dead soldiers." He says as he's a fly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and like, I love
1: how I love how like one of them appears in a boat and a and a scrappy like not American uh, marine is like, "Ah, stowaway, huh? Welcome to D-Day." And he walks out and gets fucking shot instantly. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is maudlin shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, if I remember, I, so like the even though some events have changed in history, D-Day still seems... There's still a World War II happening, and D-Day is still an event that Visser 4 is going to prevent by... Or, or change by telling the Nazi party about the Allies.
1: I, I guess there always had to be a D-Day, because America doesn't exist, and... It's a fixed point. We don't know what the deal between germany and france is because they seem to be cooperating uh against the not americans so we have no idea like time is just broken down we can't understand history anymore
2: not that they could in the first place because they did not pay attention in history class
1: and and also honk honk who's that well hitler drives up in a little (laughs) jeep. This is why I wanted
0: us to read this book is I had a vivid memory of like, it kind of just comes into the adventure where like, like like you say, honk, honk, like they're dealing with soldiers and then they're like, yo, do you realize who's driving that fucking car? (laughs)
2: It's, well, no, no, no! Because the way they describe him entering, they're like, "It's a short, stocky man with dark hair, and um, and he's wearing a mustache." We all came to know as the Hitler mustache. It was
1: and a was fairly like, popular mustache. I assume Charlie Chaplin still exists, yeah. if like his, his his ancestors didn't die at Agincourt or something.
2: Like, In all
0: timelines, also Adolf Hitler decides to have that mustache.
2: He kept that style.
1: I I wonder if it was actually Hitler or. If it was just a guy, it was just a guy. Oh my God.
0: Oh my God. The kids (laughs) just see someone who looks kind of like what they think Hitler looks like. And they're like, it's fucking Hitler.
1: (laughs) He doesn't say anything. He's just like, what? Whatever the German for what is. This this blew my brain as a
0: kid because it was in this alternate timeline Hitler is not the leader of the party he's just a like low-level driver yeah he's like he he is not even a painter he has no as far as we know aspirations for conquering he is a different man but it is Adolf Hitler yeah uh,
1: it's definitely Adolf Hitler no question about it <laughs> we're not just crazy <laughs> from grief and stress and also we can't die but we can be shot a lot. <laughs> Yeah, okay. And um there's also this plan to blow up a tank because uh Visor Four goes to the French Germans to be like, D-Day's happening and it's the real deal and you gotta come with me. And they're like, um, why? Also, okay. <laughs> but you're yeah. a prisoner now. <laughs> uh and they capture him and the time device, which is in a it's in a tank convoy or something. And, it's a big
0: deal, though, that they have the time device. Yeah, and
1: then a bunch of birds steal a grenade.
2: Gosh, that was my favorite part.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was pretty fucking awesome. I can't. Because they like
2: they're all birds, and they're yeah. like, which one of us can pick up a hand grenade? And they're just like math lady GIF in their head, like, Ugh, how much does a salmon weigh? Ugh. And Rachel's has a bald eagle morph, so she picks it up, yep. and then they have to maneuver in the sky to have Axe in Harrier form. Pull the pin, yep. so she a can go. Drop it swallow can't
0: carry a coconut, let alone a, <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> a, grenade. <laughs> a grenade. Yeah, <laughs>
2: it was crazy. I love that.
1: There's a lot that I wouldn't want to see in live action or or animated or in any medium, <laughs> any visual medium, but this sequence I would love to see. Uh, anim-
0: sure, animated. I would like to see ten minutes of just them as birds pecking at grenades with their beaks. Yep. <laughs>
2: i I think there's a part where rachel like flies down to the grenades and she was like i experimentally picked one up with my talent. so there's just a bald eagle on the ground like lifting a grenade up with his foot like i don't know it was the perfect thing put that
1: on a flag it's too bad america doesn't exist because
2: (laughs) that would be the image
1: because everyone would have been saluting that bird
0: if if Rachel if the story had turned where Rachel held up the grenade in her Talon and then every soldier nearby stopped and immediately started reciting the pledge of allegiance and that was the birth of America
1: so Rachel has this really weird musing in this chapter uh about about war and uh and, and it go, it goes like this and i and i wanted to talk about it mm-hmm. cuz i think i understand it better now but uh Rachel in her narration says War is obscene, the worst thing humans do, but warriors, the individual men, are the very best of humanity, not because they are willing to kill, but because they are willing to risk death, to sacrifice themselves for others. Hmm. And I thought it was an interesting sort of, um, it was an interesting thought to say warriors are the best of humanity, and I'm like. Like, we saw a bunch of warriors. Like, we, we saw, like, the gross, like, uh, English and French dudes uh, fighting it out at Agincourt. Like, if if I came away from, because this feels like some sort of, like, thesis of the of, of the book, almost, the way it's presented. Like, but we haven't seen any, like, nobility on the battlefield at all in, in this book. So, huh. and I would
2: argue that's more of a character thesis for Rachel.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I I think I understand that more. And it reminded me of uh, this quote from Faramir uh, in yes! Lord of the Rings. Yes. <laughs> Faramir says, uh, I do not love the bright sword for its sharpness, nor the arrow for its swiftness, nor the warrior for his glory. I love only that which they defend. And I feel like that is mm. a more mature uh, anti-war sentiment. I know Rachel is... Uh, a, a different character a much different character kind of a much more flawed character she's more of a Boromir honestly yes yeah but I thought like I don't know I think Lord of the Rings is also a, a very interesting anti-war uh, book that comes at it from a different direction where uh, Tolkien has these long descriptions of like how beautiful the land and the and the countryside is and like the traditions of its people and all that and that's supposed to make you hate war because war disrupts the land and it disrupts culture and it disrupts people and this is a much more like boots on the ground here's why you should hate war it's mm-hmm. because your guts are going to be in your hands
0: yeah i mean like what i that's well said like what off of what kayla just said too i think animorphs is a a book series that is anti-war but in the narrative our protagonists Have a very like martyr Mm -hmm. PTSD Mm -hmm. complex of like we are sacrificing our lives, our teenage years, our everything for this greater cause. That is morally right and we're not all going to make it out of this. And this is almost kind of like a curse upon all of us that maybe the very end of the book series has that level of like, huh, war kind of sucks, huh? (laughs) Like.
2: Well, yeah. Can we, we talk? Okay, can we spoil a little bit and talk about the ending of Animorphs for a second? Because I think it's relevant.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd like to know.
2: So I I think yeah. why this is so impactful about Rachel specifically is at the end, the, the she dies and the Elemist yeah. actually appears to her before she dies and is like, "Yo, listen to my gamer backstory," and tells her <laughs> that, which I would yeah. hate to hear as I was dying. Like, yeah. first of all, shut up, nerd! <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm dying. I don't want to be lore dumped.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's awful. And so she, and before she dies, she asks him, like, did anything I do matter? Like, did me going through literal hell and being this killer and being in this war, did it matter at all to the outcome? And he does tell her yes, but, like, mm. she goes through her whole life, like, being like, this is the most important thing, and she's a warrior, and she, like, I, I said this to Chad the other day, but, like, at, like, she basically, at a certain point, looks at Jake, because Jake Jake sends her basically on a suicide mission at the end. Right. And she says, yeah, because I'm the person that you ask to do the things you don't want to do. Which is very Garrick yeah. of her in, in <laughs> Deep Space Nine in The Pale Moonlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, like, she just is like, yeah, that's just who I am. That's what I do. And then at the end, she has to, like, ask herself and ask God, essentially, like, did that even matter? Like, cause, so she has to believe that the warriors are the most important people because yeah. that's who she chose to be and that's who she is. Yeah,
0: Ra- Rachel goes out mid-battle against like full Yurk army who all at that point have like stolen the Animorph technology so they're turning into fucking animal forms. Jesus. And she goes out like a warrior and I kind of, I, I when I first read the finale as a kid, I, it was really bittersweet and I think I kind of remember like, I don't know if I like it because it's it's dire. Like mm. the team is kind of split up, they're older, like, Jake and Marco are essentially like space commanders in the because the war is still going, mm-hmm. and they're on a a blade ship that is called the Rachel in memory of Rachel. Oh god! And like that's the only honor she. I mean, obviously her friends loved her and care about her, but that's how she's remembered as a battleship. And like as a kid, I don't know why I think I felt kind of like oh, I I really wanted the Star Wars thing where the Emperor dies and. You know, the Death Star blows up, but in this version of K-Apple okay, gets stored. We all go. sing
1: Yub with the Ewoks. We all sing <laughs> <call> Yub
0: <"Yub-nub"> and the <laughs> Ewoks all hang out, and we all have a barbecue. But it, Animorphs ended a lot more of like, yes, you maybe saved Earth, but it's not over, and you never really get the piece that you wanted. Um, they're all kind of broken up from it.
2: Yeah, and and it. Well, it ends on that really sick note, because basically they get in that blade ship and go to save Ax, who had like went on some mission and basically Mm -hmm. got absorbed into the Borg and they find him and his. So you see the Andalites don't have mouths. And I remember this graphically, like they find him and his like face tears open into a mouth and he's like possessed by a Borg. And he's like part of some larger consciousness. And it ends with them like running their ship into his.
0: Yeah, it ends on a giant cliffhanger of, like, Jake and Marco just doing, yeah, the bat-ramming speed, let's take that ship on. Unknown if any of them live. And that's the end of the series. Wow. Um, so the, the, all of that you're getting at, Kevin, I think, to give Applegate credit, I, th- I think is at least baked into, like, the background themes of the story. Mm. Um, even if this whole book had felt very much like, USA, USA, like, there's... A, there's I, I read this whole thing through like these kids are just going through and seeing that despite timelines changing, like this all fucking sucks. See, I'm
1: I'm not I'm not used to reading books with subtext in them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not for children, right? Yeah. Like, a little uh, yeah, bit much. Yeah.
1: I'm not I'm not used to subtlety in writing, I guess. Uh because I, I think it's really incredible how these characters are written, uh All the gore and stuff kind of turns me off a little bit, like all of just the suffering for suffering's sake kind of turns me off a bit. But I got to say, I am actually really impressed with these books, with with at least this book, for not talking down to a young reader and and trying to get something really important into their minds, which is war is bad. If 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 you come away with nothing else, I'm not going to be subtle about this. War is not a very good thing
0: totally yeah i i, I we, may, we maybe skipped over the detail i was re-impressed I, I remembered obviously oh they run into hitler and they have this whole conversation about should we kill him or not yeah but i appreciated that they as teenage kids have a pretty well rationalized debate over like yo we should kill this guy and i think cassie because she's always kind of the the soul of the team is or like you know at least the 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 ethics captain is like guys that's not Adolf like that's a different guy you know this is a different timeline he hasn't done these things
1: yeah you are you are what you do not who you are is where they who land. you
0: are I there's part of me going like well if we're time traveling maybe just be safe we kill Hitler every time just to be sure <laughs> just to be safe and,
1: and that does happen when the tank goes off from the from the grenade eagle maneuver whoever is in Horkbajir form Tobias Tobias uh, his arm blade slips and he just fucking decapitates Hitler That's an oopsie <laughs> I I loved it. I
0: I loved it as an oopsie because it almost takes that choice away from our characters a little bit. And normally that would be an agency thing that I would want to see. But I appreciated that they're almost being like, just like these things in wars, like accidents happen, there's friendly fire, there's the kids didn't get to come to a conclusion over what was the right thing to do. So maybe they fucked up like they... I I really enjoyed that version of it.
1: I mean, just because he's not, like, the Fuhrer doesn't mean he isn't a fucking dickhead, so, (laughs) you know. Yeah. yeah. Probably probably not going to lose too much sleep over (laughs) accidentally killing alternate timeline Hitler. Um, But
2: it was interesting how they questioned it, because they were like, well, so in that case, should we kill each other? Because we were all terrible people in that alternate future. So, you know, are we... isn't who you are it's what you do that defines you which i think is a great messaging for kids because in in this modern era you know Mm. we're not who we say we are on social media we are what we do you know Mm. it was just i remember this being very impactful it was it was an interesting conclusion to come to
1: yeah there's a there's a line in bojack horseman where bojack says to i think it's Diane, but it says to Diane. but you think i'm a good person right deep down And she says, I don't think there is a deep down. I think there's just the stuff you do. Yeah. And he says, well, that's Mm. depressing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That should be the catchphrase of BoJack Horseman. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love
0: that show. (laughs) It's very, it's very, it's very, very good. I
1: unabashedly love that show. Um, But like, yeah, this is another framing of there is no deep down and there is no, there is no like uh, intrinsicness to people. It's just, you are what you do. If you if you genocide a whole bunch of people it's not good you shouldn't do that yeah
0: so so the, these kids have all been scarred mentally even more than they could have been mm-hmm. forever <laughs> they saw that uh they they drop the the bird bombs on the tank yep. that Visser 4 is in and i think Visser 4 is like just is dead from the waist down very very vivid yeah he's crushed
1: uh, he's crushed from the waist down by the truck that flips over um and the yurk is like okay bye uh see you later folks and he, <laughs> yeah
0: the yurk sl- the York sl- the yurk abandoned ship uh and i i thought it was a little reckless but i think it's tobias or marco like picks up the yurk slug and just throws it in a burning car and i'm like maybe maybe make sure he's dead just so he doesn't you know crawl into like some <laughs> ferryman well no because they said magic.
2: nobody wanted to kill him which i thought was really interesting because they kept they like hand him around like a, like a yeah. little slice of pizza and they're like who wants <laughs> to kill him and everybody's like, no. And so Marco is just like, well, you either are gonna burn alive or you'll starve because they can they don't have any yurk pools. He wouldn't yeah. have a yurk pool oh, to yeah. go back into. So they're like, good luck.
0: That's true. That's right. Yeah. Even if he had stayed down there, he would—he would be fucked because the yurks aren't there to establish their their food source. Yeah, they have like um,
1: a—they—they they radiation of some kind or something. Yeah, they have
0: to swim in this like uh, these pools that are like built underground, and hidden everywhere. There's something in the material of the pools that they. Like, Yurks have to, like, leave every, whatever, like, two weeks or something mm-hmm. and swim in there for a little bit. So there's this really barbaric thing. This book series is so fucked. I love it. Where, like, <laughs> the kids the, the kids witness this several times in the Yurk pools where, like, the human host with the Yurk in it walks to this, like, pier. And then hork basically, like, hold them down to the pool. The Yurk drops out, like, ploops out, like a poop, into the pool <laughs> The human then has temporary recontrol of their body. So they're just screaming and like, let me free. And they can't do anything. And they're put in cages while ma- like their owner takes a nice swim until they're brought back to be repossessed. It's really fucked up.
2: I also remember them describing, for some reason, like a yerk going in and out of your brain as extremely painful. Because it's like going through your sure. ear canal. Yeah. And I just vividly remember that. Like. Ugh, it seems like it would yeah it really doesn't bad. burrow
0: it doesn't burrow in like a lot of brain parasite things It like it can squeeze itself into like the folds of your brain basically which is even more terrifying <laughs> so 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 Berryman I I, I really like this moment re- re-reading it of Berryman who's now Berryman um yeah. acclaimed acclaimed actor
2: acclaimed <laughs> failed Berryman, actor
1: Berryman but, uh
0: who, who gets like some time with the kids mm-hmm. as he's dying like you know, he is. Obviously like processing all of this. I think he has like a lot more like he because he's had the viscer in his head for so long, he's like, the Yurks fucking hate you guys. They think you're like <laughs> ant they they think you're like an antelight raiding party, you're just some kids, like you guys are the heroes. Like it was just a really kind of nice way of like getting someone to I guess remark on your silent war that it's making waves. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's always nice
1: to meet a fan um <laughs> <laughs> crushed beneath the truck. <laughs> Hey, I know you. <laughs> um, and uh yeah, so they're they're all talking to Barryman, and they found out that he was like doing his own form of resistance by uh doing Henry V at uh Visser 4 um to like drive him insane, and that's why they went to Agincourt and all that. And I think Rachel is like, hey, how'd your parents meet? And he's like, Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah yeah cassie cassie has the great idea to like hold on i can fix all of this yeah, and ask for the details because
1: they want their friend back and they want to put all of history right so what they ask is how did your parents meet when and where and uh he's like oh you guys are gonna debirth me you guys are gonna <laughs> <laughs> you're going to delete me from ever existing. That sounds great. Yeah, go for it. It's no way the Yerk will just jump into another brain or whatever, or, I don't know. Like But I think yeah. that's
2: where it comes in where he had the knowledge. Like that yeah. so he knew where it was.
1: Yeah, that's where I think the the weird
0: the crazy coincidence of this one human happened to have found a time machine. So it was bad luck for humanity and the Andalites that this Yerk went in his body and knew this thing like as long as Berryman doesn't exist, they could have also just made Berryman exist and then, like, you know, keep him from finding that thing, the, the time matrix, yeah. but instead they're like, we're just going to make you never exist.
1: Yeah, they could have just been like, wait, where's the time matrix? We'll move it before you find it. Like, yeah. that way you can still live. <laughs>
0: It's way, it's way more fun to just ruin two hippies date in San Francisco in the 60s.
1: Yeah, they show up with a sparkly time orb and they distract some hippies and they never fuck <laughs> to create, or, <laughs> or maybe they do fuck. It's just they're like, they're, they're on different. That's a different sperm that gets to the egg. Or yeah. As long as it's a different sperm, it's a different Berryman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Berryman never gets to exist, uh, cause his parents never meet. And everyone's like, yes, high fives all around. We've done it. And our good friend Jake is back and he's like, what's up? Last time I heard I was getting shot by a Hessian. And they're like, oh, Jake, you <laughs> fool. That's, what, that's just
0: how it is in a typical day being an animal, And they all high five. War crime. Does
1: anyone have the time? Ha ha ha. War crimes. <laughs> that's pretty much the book. That's the fuck. <laughs> it ends super abruptly.
2: Well they have like and the interesting thing is like when they go back to disrupt John Berryman's parents, I think it is that when they have the discussion where they're like, Well, we should keep the time matrix and go fix everything. Like yeah. fix we could we could prevent Hitler from doing anything. We could we could fix everything and they have this like big debate and then it ends up working out anyway where they accidentally disrupted his parents when they didn't they were pausing to think about it. But yeah. I think that that was an interesting debate where they were just like, "Well, is that moral? Like, can yeah. we do that? And how can you know what you're doing is right or wrong? Because how do we know that us disrupting the past already didn't make a better future because we didn't go and look and see?" So but, it was but like
1: they're they're really like doing the they're they're following Visser Four's logic of if you kill Hitler, like Nazi Germany doesn't exist. Like there are still other Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> They probably would have just rallied around a different guy. Like, I, I reject this idea that th- I personally have this idea. That there are no load bearing historians. I came up with this idea myself. No one else thinks yeah. this. I, I've come up with it. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, I, I I think they sort of dodge the sort of navel gazy like what is history and what is time, by just being like, no, pippies don't meet, time. Time sphere never occurs. Back to getting pizza with the boys. <laughs>
2: getting taco bell (laughs)
1: getting taco bell talkie bell
0: which which having just seen probably the events of d-day firsthand i get while those kids are like we're just gonna try to bury this down literally deep (laughs) and uh not talk about time ever again
2: well and during the whole thing remember when axe had this like question of character where he was like actually i i hate humans they're yeah. terrible, and like he he goes in this whole mental battle with himself where he doesn't he gets really depressed and he doesn't want to help anymore because like' yeah. humans suck
1: <laughs> yeah he's like, humans are racist, and they kill people. well, I'm racist, and I kill people, but I hate humans
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a wild it was a wild ride, and i as a side note, backtracking, this has been on my mind the whole conversation, but if this was written now. Do you think yeah. John Berryman would have just like sang Hamilton songs to annoy the yes. Yurk, and then yes. the Yurk would yes. want to go back and kill Lin Manuel Miranda instead?
0: Totally, totally. I think that's what it would have
2: He's been.
0: He's going to waste his shot if I have anything to say about
1: it. Oh. <laughs> I think uh, I think Vizier Four would have probably gone insane a lot faster <laughs> with the con- with the con- the constant Hamiltoning it is catchy there'd
0: be like there'd be like some sort of like I'm gonna find the guy that came up with the baby shark song
1: and murder him oh no uh, Viser 4 tries to stop rap from happening that's a way cool
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting series of events
0: I would also I would love if he's like I'm gonna stop rock and roll but then the, the has is a white guy so the white guys understanding that rock and roll is like Elvis yeah <laughs> And not the people that actually invented rock and roll and they're like, Wait, decades before. A
1: different white guy just stole rock and roll. How does this
2: keep happening? <laughs> or what if he wanted to stop rock and roll and he ends up going back and he actually creates it because he gets oh, oh my God. so into it. <laughs>
0: Your cousin Marvin. Marvin Elfangor. You know that new sound you've been looking for? I don't even know if that reference makes sense. Um... <laughs> I would say that's a good place to wrap up this book, yeah. Because um, we could talk about the ethics of war and teen soldiers a lot more. I, Kevin, thank you for diving into one of the thickest lore dumps of recent
1: memory. I, I think it's safe to say I now understand anamorph lore perfectly.
2: Great, that's <laughs> yeah. what we were hoping for
1: good good kayla
0: thank you for for joining us on on revisiting this animorph story that i think you and i had been talking about offline uh for a while just it's remember that time they write it
1: to hitler
2: <laughs> it's so good thank you for have letting me join in on this
1: yeah We're kayla off. thanks thanks so much for being on this was really fun and thank you for explaining animorphs to me <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> i i kind of Think I actually might pick up another Animorphs book, maybe on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. They should, and they take like no time to read. I encourage anyone. Like, it took me like maybe three hours max to read this book.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I I might start at the beginning where I hear it's a little more marshmallowy, not like compared to this book. <laughs>
0: Yeah it's, yeah, it's it starts off slower. The kids actually discovering stuff. I I am very fond. I I as I was reading this, I was like, in an alternate timeline, when I first reached out about starting this podcast, we were an Animorphs podcast, <laughs> and it'd be a very different show. And I am glad we cover R.L. Stein's nightmares, but also it is very refreshing to dive into, like you said, oh, there's subtext. Oh yeah, and and, and character plots uh, and arcs. Oh boy, how refreshing!
1: Speaking of refreshing. Do you guys have a cool and refreshing thing you want to promote on this podcast?
0: (laughs) I was going to say, you know what? You know what lore isn't super complicated and easy to get into is wrestling with demons. Whoa. Colon, the Rite of Rumble. Uh, Comic that Kayla already mentioned earlier on, but we are uh, within the last week or so of our Indiegogo campaign to fund the first issue. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, It is a love letter that Kayla and I have done uh, is towards indie wrestling and eldritch adventure. Uh, I think calling it Hellboy meets WrestleMania is a very good descriptive term for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Following the story of a mysterious stranger known as the Stranger and his possessed belt uh, that is a demon. That fight uh, Eldritch horrors in an apocalypse version of 1990s, kind of relevant also to what we read on Goosebumps.
1: I am or Goosebumps. so excited! I'm so excited for this uh, series. Uh, it's it's just it's everything I like.
0: <laughs> oh, thanks, Kayla. Uh, Kayla Kayla's done some beautiful, amazing art for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we also are trying to unlock bonus covers. Uh, we already have uh, bonus covers for stretch rewards unlocked by the amazing artist Ed Scudder and Holly Conrad, who we already mentioned earlier was on this podcast. Uh, and if you want to check it out, Kayla, where where should people go?
2: Uh, you can go to disconnect or die dot com. And the link is it's linked there. And also, if you just go to Indiegogo in the comics section, but I actually don't recommend that because there's a lot of weird stuff on there. So maybe just go to <laughs> disconnect or die dot com and you'll be linked to it from there. Consider pledging towards Wrestling with Demons.
0: You can get access to the PDF, digital version. We're doing uh, physical print copies for comic book stores or people who want to buy a batch. Um, And just some also very cool extra rewards as well.
2: Custom wrestler art.
0: Yeah. uh, Kayla's still got a couple slots open for getting your own custom wrestler Sona set in the Wrestling with Demons universe. And if you're cool with it, might end up being in the comic. (gasps) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff there. So take a look at it.
2: Yes. And we have the discord. If you pledge at the $10 or above tier, I will send you an email that will hopefully not go to your spam folder. So you can join the discord. (laughs) We've been having that struggle. I am sorry. My email address is long. I'm getting a new one. Um, So yeah, you'll get to join the discord. And we've been talking about the pay-per-view tomorrow in there. So that's been pretty fun. We've been talking about wrestling and all kinds of things. So if you like wrestling, we have a good time.
1: K- Kayla, where, where can we find you specifically on, on the internet if we want to go looking for more of your wonderful work?
2: Oh, first of all, maybe not. It would be a bad time. Just kidding. I'm fun. I'm a good person. <laughs> um, I, I actually finally got my name URL back from the bots. So Hell you yeah. can go to, to Kaylacline.com, which is K-A-Y-L-A-C-L-I-N-E. Or you can find me on social media at K-A-Y-N-C-L-I, which is just my name all mashed together.
1: So. Nice. <laughs> Chad, what, what about you? Uh, I'm
0: online uh, on mo- some social media. Twitter, at Quantum Theory. Q-U-A-N-D-T-U-M Theory. Um, and uh, you should check out, uh, besides Wrestling with Demons, uh, Star Trek Prodigy is on Paramount Plus Sign. Yeah, it rules. The yeah, it's really coming later this year. Kevin, what about you?
1: I'm on Twitter. I'm Kevin. I'm the one that talked like this all episode. Um, I'm on... A- <laughs> I'm on Twitter. Uh, I am at real Kevin Cole. Uh, and if you follow me, you'll get to hear the things that I think.
2: Nice.
0: <laughs> You're that's that's a very honest pitch. Uh, I think this episode's been a blast. Uh, Kayla, thank you so much for joining us. Kevin, thank you for tipping your toes into the animorphs uh, pool. Mm. We'll we'll see you all next time.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters, and they are in the Book of Names. The Book
1: of Names, which we have randomized for this uh, particular reading.
0: Oh, there used to be a set order to it. Maybe you could figure it out, but
1: now it's random. You don't know where your name's going to (laughs) be. Starting with Ryan Carroll. Greg Musto. Limp Duck. Andre Villanueva. Hollis Hornbeek. Streak. Hey, Josh Robb. Michael
0: McDowell. Low Belly Hate Me. Juan Jalapena. Dennis Wright. Germ Juice. Soggy Newspapers. Afsheen. Daryl Flynn.
1: Wiggle It. Man, I already didn't expect to wiggle it right there. This is I fun. know, the
0: wiggle it came out of nowhere. <laughs> Justin Wagman. Peter McGregor. Something I Love Broccoli. Hey, pause for a second. I gotta get Paul off. Oh no, he got Paul off the podcast. He got Paul <laughs> off the book of names. Reed Stubendeek. Scotty Pippin. Reinfected. Tom Whittam. Lord Cornwallis.
1: Jacob Rogers. Joe over the Moon. Chris Putricus. Dakota Kemp. Thomas Jansis, Anthony Rodriguez. The Crowfeds, Matthew Stevens.
0: Tanya Turtle. Matt Septor, Estaminia, Lord of Paul's Pants.
1: Lord Over an Empty Realm.
0: <laughs> oh, those pants just sit there in a void with no butts to fill them. <laughs> Jeremy Bowser. Shuddering Stefan. Yeah, yeah. Lucretia McEvil. Christian Vanskiver. Skelefella. Dr. Diarrhea. A pair of Scots. Coleman Lagusa. Brendan Arifin. John W. Mickey C. Adam Muth. Michael Kupka. Cardboard
1: Walk. Jar Jar Slinks. Andrew Jadzik agrees UHF is better than Back to the Future. Hell yeah. Whoa.
0: I don't know if that, had one of us said that already. I, did. I mean,
1: I, I did. Okay, I,
0: <laughs> I guess. I guess so. Sure. Yeah, Thank you, Andrew. I know
1: so. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Divaldi. Kumo Jackoff. Dungeon Kappa. Carewise Gamgee. Matthew Brattato. Spencer Y.
0: Joe, regular name, Scott. Matt Skeleman. Some of Chad's bird
1: friends. I just heard them screaming. Yay, (laughs) BrickHex. Bjarndir. Flemily has BDE, Big Dwarf Energy. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Cameron Hansen.
1: Brad Schmelzer. Girthworm Jim. Wagmar Wigmere. Hey, Eric. It's going to be all right. You're doing a great job. Even though you didn't expect to be in this spot, Eric.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the
1: randomized list is crazy right
0: now. In all worlds, and all timelines, <laughs> you're doing a great job,
1: Eric. Maloyster, Kiwi of Lerve. Wood. Kelly C. Dango Twiss. Trent Davis. Robert Allen Cook III is back. Whoa! Russell Casberg, Nathan Gurney. Jeremy Lowe. When Dragons
0: Rule. Sarah Kemp. Dan. Evan Bowen. Levi Than John
1: Pigeon Hat Barber Dr. Eggdrop Drop Soupman Zack Snyder Redemption Mike Linterry, Miguel Pardo Calf Ernie Burger's Bumpy World Ernie
0: Ernie Ernie
1: is, is that how you're doing the Tildies? I love it. Yeah. I think that's how Strong Bad pronounces them.
0: Ah, good, 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 good. Yes. You know, it was also good. Jason Crooker. Oh, Rum Daddy. Hey, Bryce Diori. De Generally Depressing. Aiden Alexander Dice. Cameron Murphy Audio. John Keaty. Jonas Blatterman. SSJ Trogdor. Trogdor. Henry Torbert. Jesus Christ.
1: Kikenti. Stephen Day. Brian Hobgood. Odin's underscore eyehole. Peanut Berg level 69. Liam Rogers. Matthew Sutton. Ham underscore boat. Nicholas Maloney. Elusive Koala. Robert Moon.
0: Timothy Misitalakis, Ali Safe, Serial Killer X. Calamity Carl. Lamb! (laughs) Oh, God.
1: Jeffrey Owen Cahey.
0: (laughs) The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Chicago Frank. Zam Bambino.
1: Jackie Ledoux.
0: Brian Wells. MC Hamster. Megan McCormick Mason. Josh Hall. Cody Redfield. Ben Bohan. Julian Lamendia. Hood Lemon. Ninja Breadman.
1: Jimmy Soul.
0: Ryan R. Davis.
1: Lamo Lad. Meat Virginia. <laughs> Dom's Dirty Down Low Donger.
0: Maddie. <laughs> Third Sergio. <laughs> Nathan Dulzall. Joe, Zan Keith. David Gray. Anne
1: Marie. Levi Kidder. Eric K. Greg Gervasi, a.k.a. Vitizen. What's up? Hey, buddy. Mandy Nasty. David Lynch, XXX. Brenda Fraser, 666.
0: <laughs> Mel Dipson. Zach Bentley. Alex Moon, the robotic dog. Scott Wabble. Chip Handsome. Moon Juice. Jonas Engman. Xavier
1: Jimenez. Paul Grasso. Carson Birkenbean. Murph EP. Alan Sailor, Elm Realm. Carbson. Vosivi.
0: Alecade. Thank you McStanky. Drew Applegate. Kit Bush. Parker Lee.
1: Alicia Grafe.
0: Uncle Cool Brother. Kieran
1: McNamara. Zach Connor. I don't know, guys. I can't think of anything witty. My name's Kevin. My dad was next to in the Avengers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> That's awesome, actually. Tell <laughs> us more stories about it
0: through your Patreon name. I love that. Patreon underscore donator, yo. Adam Knapp. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost Tierney. Eric Horwitz. Brett. Mr. Unimportant. I think you're pretty important. Got little old moi, pretty French.
1: Chad will make more paranoia shop the third.
0: (laughs) Bradford Coulter. (laughs) Raymond Hernandez. Clay McCarty. Midwest
1: Indigo 13. Mutant Astronaut. Tevin Ticklebean is your new best friend. Pizza Bagel Rocco. Stuff Bates.
0: Get back in the book of names, Zenticles. You can't escape.
1: <laughs> Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara. Wow, really deep in the list for once.
0: <laughs> How's it feel, Stefan? I don't know why I'm... I don't know why we're bullying Stefan. Yeah, Mike Spaghetti Jones.
1: Diet Soda. Keith Halcrow. Dom Sexy Ghost, a.k.a. Captain Sick.
0: Kelsey Kinneman. <laughs> Liam
1: Hugh Bolin. Kenny M.
0: Adam you Goofed. Milk Punk. Sean Minogue. Carl. Alan G. Jussum. Chick. Logan Derby. Tiffany Lee.
1: Max McKellen. Vincent Modica.
0: Jonas Evan Volson.
1: Philip Reynolds.
0: Joey Evans.
1: Cameron Gunzeveld.
0: Yanni Markovina. Dakota Kipper. Patrick Reynolds. Chili Dish Gambino. Nine seven
1: six evil. Luke Canoodles. Sniggy. Ishak Arifin. Nathan Remick. Doctor Chocula. <laughs> Wormtown Glen. Benjamin Luther. I just wanted to do your voice. It was fun. I liked
0: it. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Likewise. Zach Weir. <laughs> Buddy Boral. Taraku, maybe. Oh. Edgar's Crassus. B. <laughs> Gras- Gregory D. Warren. Up in Champ chosen one clay castle mr misfire tobias clark nick johnson the
1: davy boy is the last name
0: in our book thank you all so very very much we love you all even paul who is in a void right now <laughs> yeah he'll
1: be back soon. he's not dead i lied he's alive <laughs> <laughs>
0: bye everybody bye everybody
1: flypaper
2: The work of the people.
1: Owned by the
0: people. Supported by the people.
2: Visit flypaper.fm.